0: Welcome back to the drip. We are finally back from our hiatus in a slightly reconfigured form. We are, of course, the podcast where academics of color sit around and discuss great books. Each episode features a free-flowing conversation about one book that leads us to a broader conversation about race, culture, and politics, all the things that keep us gabbing when we're hanging out in coffee shops or in each other's homes or when we are each, yes, still in our own homes because the pandemic <laughs> rages on. Yep. And I could, of course, rage on about all the reasons for why. For the sake of brevity, though, I'll just say abolish vaccine pa- patents and for-profit healthcare. Mm-hmm. All right. Vaccines for everybody mm-hmm. now. Yes. 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 All right. I am Anita Chickatur. I'm the host for the show. And I teach in the Department of Educational Studies at Carleton College. Crystal.
1: I am Crystal Moten, and I am a museum professional who works at a national museum in D.C. Todd? I'm Todd.
2: Yes. Hello. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot how this works. I am Todd Lawrence. It's
1: been so long. (laughs) I'm
2: Todd Lawrence. I am faculty in the English department at the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I teach African-American literature and expressive culture, folklore, and Cultural
0: studies. Good job, Ted. All right. So we are back and excited to be talking about Afia Atakora's novel Conjure Women Today. Afia Atakora was born in the UK and raised in New Jersey, where she now lives. She graduated from New York University and has an MFA from Columbia University, where she was a recipient of the D Alba Fellowship. Her fiction has been nominated for a Pushkar Prize and she was also a finalist for the Hurston Wright Award for College Writers. This book has been long-listed for the Center of Fiction First Novel Prize and has been named one of the best books of the year by the New York Times, NPR, Parade, Book Riot, and Pop Matters. So, as always, just a spoiler alert before we dig in. Just a reminder that when we discuss our books, we will talk about everything. So, as you may know, we do call ourselves the All Spoilers Collective, so, consider this your perpetual, universal, all encompassing spoiler alert. And actually, this book, and we're going to sort of dig into it right away, has a lot of secrets, right? And so, I think yes. definitely a lot of spoilers. So, don't blame us if you mm-hmm. listen to this and know all about the book before you read the book. <laughs>
2: <What> but I <laughs> think it's weird, though. I feel like this book has a lot of secrets, but not a lot of spoilers. You know, like if we, Ooh. there's a lot of stuff that we just said, oh, this happens, it, it wouldn't really spoil the book necessarily. Cause it That's doesn't true. like build to this huge co- climax or anything, right? Right. Like, it's like just sort of like going slightly on an incline, you know. <laughs>
0: It's like there's no, yeah, but like,
1: there <laughs> there's no cliffhanger, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, and there are some points where you're like, oh, you know, yeah. 200 pages in, now I know. Like, yeah. now this makes But it- I don't
2: know, there's no place where you'd be like, damn, right, oh,
0: right, that's, true. that's true. Which yeah, is interesting, is true. and maybe that's, like, related to, like, my broad question just about, like, mm-hmm, how the author mm-hmm. structures the book, right? So, like, yes. basically it sort of goes back between... Yes. Kind of like right before basically the civil war and right so when folks are still enslaved right. on this plantation and then like kind of right after although i guess it right. does go up to like 1872 or something like that kind mm-hmm. of in the post <laughs> so we're at war so I was kind of curious about mm-hmm. what you all thought of that because i think initially i was yeah. just a little confused but then i was like oh like i see it's kind of a rhythm between like it kind of literally does go back and forth right so it's kind of like a chapter yeah. you know post like you know sort of post enslavement and before so and I was and I think maybe that's related to like the point of maybe the point that you were making, Todd, that it's like there are these secrets, but it's like maybe more secrets than spoilers. So it's kind of more secrets mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. exist mm-hmm. on like multiple levels, right? There's like secrets mm-hmm. between characters. There's like secrets mm-hmm. even within maybe yeah. characters. I feel like yes. sometimes they're like yes. almost like lying to themselves, kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So mm-hmm. that was kind of my broad mm-hmm. first question about mm-hmm. what did you all think mm-hmm. about the structure?
1: You know, in, in some ways, I think because the structure really is is chronology, but then also so character based and i appreciate going back and forth between the characters but because the chronology is actually so close you still have the same characters you know in the various the mix. Yeah. mix right mm-hmm. but what you have to really kind of figure out part of it is figuring out okay so for example when we are um when we are learning about Maybelle, right? Who's Rue's mother. And we have a, a, a an earlier chronological part about Maybelle, but Rue is in that, right? Mm-hmm. You have to pay attention to Rue as well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Th- sometimes that scene or something that happens in that scene will have impacted what Rue is doing mm-hmm. in the present in which she's living. Mm-hmm. And so that can get a little bit confusing at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like how the, the chronological structure back and forth of the book does allow you to um, get into the the point of view of the particular character who that, that chronology is supposed to be focusing on mm-hmm. in terms of their motivations, their, you know, uh, experiences, but you have to really be paying attention um, mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm.
3: sections.
2: Yeah, I think I agree with you. And I think, you know, the book is, it can be confusing in that way, but, you know, because it starts out at the beginning, the two, the, the alternating sections have have years. Yes. And then, then the years go away.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. As
2: you move from, um, I think, what is there, four parts to the book? Mm-hmm. You know, it's right into yes. four different five, parts. Five, yeah.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, or something like that, and then in in those different parts, sometimes the alternating sections have different names than they did in the previous part, yes. right? Yeah,
3: right.
2: So it's like um, free, uh, slavery time versus freedom time, and then there's like the ravaging and then right. Then, you know, so so mm-hmm. it's easy to get disoriented. In the Mm -hmm. book Mm
3: -hmm. precisely
2: for what for the reason that crystal said because it's not just a whole different group of characters Mm. in one in one chronological moment and then in the other chronological moment because we're really only talking about what like 12 years of difference or 15 years something like that not very much Mm -hmm. much time and even rue is not i mean she's a child in the in the slavery times but she's only like Nineteen or twenty or exactly. something. Exactly.
3: Right. right. Yeah,
2: she's not that much older. The circumstances have changed a lot. Right. But her age and her maturity and things like that are that's still in development. You know, yep. so it's pretty easy to mix her up yes. between the two mo- moments in time. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you 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 have to be paying attention. And some of the, you know, you get some really short um, sections too, where it's like, woo, it just, just Right. Not really well, yeah. actually, that
0: was my question. Like, I, so the very end, right? So like, we are going back and forth, like, yeah, maybe like 15 years. I am trying to figure out like, how far back do we go before the Civil War? But so I don't know exactly. Uh, but then she has this like chapter at the end that's called um, In the Beginning, and Crystal, you just found it for us, and I'm going to have to, like, try to find it again, but... so Three, basically, uh, 376 in my pagination? I'm not sure if that's the same, though. Yeah, same, actually. Um, and it's called In the Beginning, and basically it's a description of Ma Do's um, sort of uh, travel, right? And uh, I can't even think of the right term, but basically, like, she's in the slave the ship. Passage. right? The passage. The passage. I, sorry, the Middle mm-hmm. Passage. Thank you. Um, and I was, like, wasn't entirely sure what to make of that, right? Because she has that kind of towards the end of, like the novel wrapping up and I was trying to kind of understand what that meant, but then she does, I mean, I know there's also like biblical references because obviously it's like in the beginning and then the next episode Mm -hmm. or uh, not episodes, (laughs) the next chapter Um, and a bunch of chapters have this Exodus um, title. So I was kind of curious about that. And then she ends with Gilead, right? That's kind of the final um, Mm -hmm. chapter. So just that just sort of, I wasn't like, well, so what is that supposed to be like telling us? Like, yeah, go ahead.
2: (laughs) This is one of those situations that I know you all are not familiar with when I start to talk, but I don't really know what I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> we know nothing like that, Todd.
2: prematurely <laughs> when I should to shut up,
0: <laughs> but I have
2: anxiety about there being silent. So anyway, no, I mean, I get, so I want to pose a, a question on top of your question because um, when I got near, this might be a function of me. Um, I, I told you all before we started recording that I had read this book over a pretty long period of time. And so um, I had to keep going back and looking at to remind myself like why this thing that was happening was really important or what was mm. the previous connection to it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of I feel like there was a way in which I lost sight or sense of uh, Mado's importance as a character. Mm. And I think that you know number one she's like everyone's mother, right? Mm-hmm, like right. even though she isn't by a lot their biological mother, right. she is right. their you know mother de facto mother i guess you might say because mm. she takes care of all the all the children on the plantation she raises them and also she's really the mother of Verena in some ways because Verena's mm-hmm. mother has basically like right mm-hmm. like her for and i i'm not sure if i remember why that is exactly but um she doesn't i think she, she didn't she, she, want a
0: girl baby basically because she's the okay. second wife remember and then she's right. able to produce a okay. um, male heir yeah okay. mm-hmm
2: so so there that's Mado, and then also is am i wrong that Mado and rue are sort of together in this uh yes this dece- i don't know yes. this yeah this deceitful action i guess right, <laughs> yeah, right. Rue, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
3: right writing yep. the
2: letters because Mado can read but rue can't right so uh, yeah. and write. so mm-hmm. she writes these letters to this uh aunt up north of rainus just sort of putting them off so that they don't come down or don't send mm-hmm. someone to look for mm-hmm. after the war's over right so those are two really important ways that she's in that she's in the story. But I don't. Is there more? Is there? Do you think there needs to be more to give her this section to herself? I, mean, no, I guess actually, she, yeah. A person on the plantation that we know of who had a life in Africa right. before. Right? right? Is that it? Right.
0: Right. I was no, but I think your point about like how she was the mother actually made me think like maybe it's her sort of reframing like what in who's beginning and like what beginning could be right so like in the bible it's like mm-hmm. in the beginning there was god and that's like in some ways in the beginning there was Mado, right and sort of her journey and like her coming to here so it's like maybe that just what it is right just like reminding us of like her importance um and just the fact that she literally is this like maternal figure for so many people um whether yeah, or not yeah. they were biological but also the I like The terrible irony of slavery was that her own children, her biological Mm -hmm. children, were taken away from her. Right. And so I think, so maybe, yeah. So actually, that makes maybe that makes sense to me that it's like just reminding us of like, her importance even though like she goes back Mm -hmm. she's not like in the text kind of throughout consistently necessarily um so yeah Yeah. so maybe that is it that's kind of interesting i mean
1: and then you know one thing that i'm thinking also is about again how we were thinking about where this comes in the novel you know Mm -hmm. this is this comes after rue has basically fessed up to Verena that you know the war is over you you know you've been it, you know, we not told you this in seven years. and then we get um, this in the beginning <laughs> yeah. um, section. and then right the, the the chapter right after that goes right to Mado and That's Mado true. and uh, Verena's kind of goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. Right. And so perhaps that's also part of it because, you know, by the time this this is happening in the story, Mado is actually unable to keep writing the letters. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the secret is almost going to be exposed anyway. And so
2: and she's close. She's really about to die. Right. mm
0: -hmm, Seems mm -hmm.
2: like it. Right. These two chapters. Frames the whole novel with yeah. the beginning with Mado's journey, mm-hmm. and then Mado's death. Even though that's right. not like literally the beginning, it but that's kind of right. like framing. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Right, But I guess, I think the other thing I was thinking about, Crystal, about your point about, right, that they're, like, close in time, but I was also thinking Mm -hmm. about, right, the whole ruse that they have to have to, like, stay free, and just that, like, very thin line between actually being free and not being free, right? Like, just because they were freed from, like, enslavement, like, Mm -hmm. a lot of, right, like, a lot of Black um, formerly enslaved folk had to stay and sort of be, uh, right, had to stay on plantations to, like, actually work and, like, work for very little. So just thinking about that sort of notion of freedom time also being sort of somewhat very much tenuous, right? So they were able to have this, like, crazy scheme right. <laughs> to basically, right. like, pretend to be mm-hmm. Marina and sort of say that she's still there. And, like, right. the fact that, like, Rue and Mado were the only ones who knew that and just, like, the weight of that, I can't even imagine, right? Just, like, you're basically exactly. responsible for, like, mm-hmm. potentially a whole community becoming unfree again. Um, right,
1: exactly, right. Because, the I mean, they, they, they have this understanding that, Although um, chattel slavery is over, that doesn't necessarily mean freedom has come. Yeah. Right. And so for them to be able to craft and live their own version of freedom, they have to create this circumstance because because there's a part in the chapter in the book early on where they're like, yeah, you know, um, had 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 Verena had Verena actually understood that the war was over and that she was in control of the plantation actually, then we would be unfree in the system of sharecropping. Like they yes. actually act somewhat actually reflects on yes. that, you know, yeah. in the book. Um, so Because I think but wasn't what that they... what was
0: happening on the plantation next, even next door. Yes. Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. 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 So,
2: right. yeah. yeah. So I think it's important to that. What they, what uh, Rue and Mado are doing is to, Allow them to live on that land as if they own it. Yes. They would yes. not be able to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, so, I mean, this is the thing about emancipation is when slaves were, you know, so called emancipated, it was without anything no money, right. no provisions, right. no access to land. And in, even in the cases where, um, you know where the Freedmen's Bureau or some other institution provided land for black folks after emancipation it was quickly stolen from them like exactly. right? really quickly right and um and so this is what they feared right like okay we ha- we're living on what's left of this plantation the master Ma- marsh charles is dead and everybody's dead all the white people are dead except for verena mm-hmm. and even the existence of the one white person connected to this land puts our existence in right. in question right exactly like, right yeah so and then i was thinking too like so they it, it, and you guys correct me if i'm remembering this wrong but i mean basically they've they've it's sort of like grown up all around them like they're basically hidden away yeah. in some part of this plantation yeah. and there's also especially later in the in the later times there's like these uh essentially like um Ku Klux planners that are yeah, like right. circling around right. them right you know threatening their existence like right. if they if they wander off into the forest they might get Burned up or strung up or whatever, Right. the threat of whiteness surrounds them. Yes, and so they have put yeah. away this one white woman right. as a way to protect themselves.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, you, you're, that point, um, Todd, makes me think when you know when uh, before this, as the Civil War is happening, um, and they're reflecting on Mass Charles. You know, they note that he's bought up all of the land like he has right. been like he has had this like impetus to buy up all the land around the plantation. And what that does is that isolates his plantation. And so when the Civil War breaks out, the the enslaved people on his plant, Well, all of the white men are going off to fight in the Civil right. War. The next plantation is actually like there's one nearby, but it's not so, so close. And right. so partially they're able to kind of keep up their their secret because of <laughs> master Charles's greed and his right. land grabbing and his, you know, his decisions to like, want to be in control of everything. Um, and that's one reason why they're able to, um, kind of create this community of, of themselves because they literally are isolated right? Uh-huh. Um, in some senses,
0: um, I was going to really, Oh, go ahead. I was going to move no, us on. T- so if you want to finish up, yeah. Okay.
2: I was only going to just add that that really, um, is, you see that in so many um, rural Black communities mm-hmm. um, following the war and up mm. into the 1900s even, where Black folks were off trying to mind their own business. But when they became, you know, like, like when, no. when they made the money, you know, like basically if they started to make, they started to prosper, mm-hmm. then white folks found a way to take that land from, mm. including burn everything down and kill them all, you know? Right. So, right. so I think the fear that they had has been, historically speaking, proven to be uh, a fear that is justified over and over and over again in in American history. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, let's keep talking about the white folks, right? Especially like Ravina, right? Must we talk (laughs) about the white folks? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we must because I feel like one of the things we were talking about is like, I feel like the, you know, kind of the marketing for this book like totally set me up for a different kind of book, right? Because at least Mm. in my like version of the sort of description in the back it says like, this is a gorgeously written novel that brings to life um, and tells the story of three remarkable women, and they mean Verena as one of them. <laughs> and, you know, and I feel <laughs> like I'm reading... I'm sorry, but I'm, like, reading this book, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I would put her in that, like, you know, sort of three... Maybe Mado, like, maybe Mado or Rue yeah, and, it's... like, you know, Miss Maybell. But then the other thing that it said was that um, it says that, like, Rue forms a secret friendship with their slave master's daughter, Verena. And I was like, I definitely would not describe the relationship between Rue and Verena as a friendship, like it's a very complicated and layered relationship, but it's like friendship is not the word that I would use. Um, And I know Crystal, you were kind of talking about just like more broadly kind of thinking about the intersections like race and gender in the book. And I think Verena's character Mm -hmm. sort of maybe brings to light some of that a little bit. Mm -hmm. So just curious Mm -hmm. about how you all read Verena. I did not read her as a remarkable woman. Um, so I just feel like the way this set me up, I was like, maybe she was like this exceptional, you know, white woman and was like an abolitionist or something like that. But no, like she's very much within the like confines yeah. of like white womanhood in that era. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there, are, I'm just going to start this, but I think there are a couple of ways to think about Verena, right? One as kind of this stand in for white womanhood in this era, and then another as kind of, you know, the the character that we are introduced to, like this individual example of yeah. a, a white woman who is experiencing life during this time. Yeah. And so when we think about well, when I think about kind of Verena as the stand-in for the socially constructed white womanhood of this time, you're right. She she fits into that mode in terms of her relationships with the enslaved people on the plantation, her expectations that the young children that she's growing up with will bend to her will. Mm-hmm. Her expectations that, you know. Even adult enslaved women will bend to her will, her expectations around what happens and what she's supposed to get as she grows up, you know, in this kind of um, in this society. Right. All of that is to be the power and control that um, white womanhood wields in the institution of slavery. I think you can see that quite clearly in the character of Verena, but you also see in the in the person of Verena, right the grappling that white women have to do as they experience the same uh uh not the same but as they experience um uh the power and control that white men wield over their lives right you, you're seeing you know you're so you you we, we see all of this in the um, in the character of Verena, I would not call um, if, if, if 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 we would describe the relationship between Rue and Verena as a friendship, I would say it's a one sided friendship. Mm. Verena thinks she has a friend,
3: mm. um, mm-hmm.
1: but whether Rue has a real friend or not is up for no. Nah, she don't got no that ain't no friend. But
2: <laughs> remember, uh, uh, okay. Miss Miss Maybell tells um, Rue right. yes. is not the friend. Right, you like there's a they have a big exchange where she mm-hmm. goes. I think she hits her too, right? Mm-hmm. She, hits her, she
3: says mm-hmm.
2: she is not your friend, right? And um, right. And so she is clearly aware of mm-hmm. you know the the imbalance of that yeah. sort of uh, friendship of the power structure in that in that friendship. And I, you know, like I I've thought about this so often, and I think the book is wants us to think about this, right? The difficulty of dealing with the commingling of like the families and the social relations and all and the power on a plantation, right? Yeah, like, this yeah. is something I think that the book does really well and wants us to really, to think about because you've got, you know, slaves who are, you know, uh, is it Sarah, who is the daughter of, of yes, of master
1: Charles. And
2: mm-hmm. she and Verena are basically like twins. Sister. They look, yeah, yeah they're yeah. sisters, but they look so much alike and right. people keep commenting on that, you know? So there's that uh, mingling. Then yeah. you have the, Friendship, I'm doing finger air quotes. Air quotes. Um, <laughs> between Rue and Verena. And I was thinking of, you know, I think Miss Maybell makes this, uh, is it Miss Maybell that makes the, the doll that mm-hmm. has the, the flip head? Th- and th- right. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, oh, that's what's on your book. Oh, <laughs> that's what's
3: on, on my, my book.
2: book. Yeah. So um, that is, you know, suggesting that these two characters, one white and one black, are tied together. in this in this kind of inextricable sort of relationship that's super complicated but also if i remember right like um rue understood the doll to be like a sort of curse in Mm -hmm. some way like that and and the curse could go both ways that they both were cursed to each other right which certainly happens and they do things to each other you know the locking in locking Verena in Mm -hmm. the Room in the basement of the old church. Mm-hmm. It's clearly paralleled by when Verena right. locks her rock locks Rue into that into the that box. uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. during the party, right? Yes,
3: yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yes, So
2: they, they both do and, and terrible things happen to the other one because of what they did to that right. you know right. or at the right. same time, you know. Right. right. Well anyway, right. That, there's that's just to begin with some of the, you know, kinds of complicated, you know, sort of relationships and and things that are you when you have a plantation. You have all of these people and they're people, right? Like we have to it's mm-hmm. you know, it's yeah. important to mm-hmm. say that these are people, even though some of the people are being treated as if they were animals. They're still right. people. Mm-hmm. And clearly the people who are treated in that way know that they're people.
3: Right. <laughs> uh,
2: right. Uh, some of the time they're engaging with them as if they were people. Right. You know, Marsh william or Charles comes to uh Miss Miss May-, May-, May Maybell. May-Bell. For help all the time to confer with her to get healed by her mm-hmm. he comes there when he has like a venereal disease I
0: think mm-hmm. I mean,
2: really intimate moments
0: but also rapes and her, right
2: so. also rapes her yeah. just a few minutes later right you right. know so this is really getting I think asking us to think about how I don't know um, tragically is not the right word but just horribly Kind of intertwined these lives are, um, and how it's really difficult to, for anyone to get extricated from it. Yeah, and especially yeah. the the black folks. Mm-hmm.
0: It'd be like horrifyingly right. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. like right, um,
2: right. I mean, we have you. You said you were talking before um, we were recording Anita about. Aerie who right. escapes right and then gets brought back you know in, in this horrible condition i think that's yeah. kind of like a metaphor for this place that no one can really escape yeah. from yeah. you know at least yeah. to a certain point point. Right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. i want to get to that but i was wondering if i could just read a passage i think getting out that like complicated message, this is when jonah finally finds out the like ru's been locking marina and he says um like why did you never tell her right that the war ended and and like this is this long passage where Rue's like trying to think about what to say. And this is 337. And Rue had thought on an answer to that question for years. Chewed on the question and tossed and turned on it. Sleepless at night, coming up with kindness as an answer on some days and rage as an answer on others. She could have said to Jonah that Verena didn't have any living relations, save a spinster aunt up north that she'd never known. She could have said that Verena opium blind had been too fragile to accept the south surrender till the lie told to comfort her comfort her was too old to alter rue could have said that the world would not have been kind to a disgraced belle who had never been expected to even bathe herself she could have said that Verena would have reclaimed her house or what left of it and would have turned her slaves into her workers paid them in scraps and promises like nothing had changed a different name for the same thing she could have said that Verena deserved it deserved only to see the day of light in small gasps, to prowl the woods only un- safely unseen at night. The Verena deserved to still have nightmares of her brother's dead on battlefields and of exploding cannonballs and of Yankee devils with cloven foot. The Verena deserved it all, deserved to be locked up, left to stay waiting and praying after a glory that was that wasn't ever going to come. All of those things were true, but what Rue said to Jonah was, the- was true most of all. I just didn't want her to leave.
3: Mm.
0: And I was like, wow, that's a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, But this conversation is actually uh, making me think about this doll that's the cover of the book, the version of the book I have. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, the doll, we we see the doll all throughout the novel. um, And one of the most kind of poignant times for me when the doll comes up is when Bean gets the doll, Mm -hmm. because Verena gives Bean the doll. But by the time Bean has the doll, the actual, the actual two parts of the doll have been separated, right. they've been disconnected. And in some ways, that's where we, is kind of a foretelling that mm. Rue and Verena are gonna have this disconnection. We don't quite know yet how, mm. um, but we know that something is gonna happen because they are not together in, twine, in time with this doll. Oh. And what I think, what I was thinking about is that the the conjuring that created that doll that kept that doll together that keep that kept Verena and rue together has now been broken Mm -hmm. um in some way um and we're gonna see that play out um so i I mean i think in terms of thinking about um, the relationship between uh, Rue and Verena, this doll is really important, and um, and and that's kind of what I was uh, as I was reading the novel. That's what I kept coming back to, and I think it was also because it was the cover of the version of the right. book I had. But it that that really just made a lot of sense uh, to me in
0: terms. And of- I might remember correctly that like very initially when Maybelle was still making the doll, Rue saw just like her part of it and thought it was a doll for her. Yes. And it ended up that it was actually a doll for Verena, which I think Verena. is like really complicated. Because in some ways, Rue was like, my mom giving me this doll is going to finally show me that she loves me. And actually, Mm -hmm. Maybelle putting that doll and sort of intertwining their fates was like a way to show that she loved her daughter because she was trying to protect her, maybe. Oh! I think. Yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. That's how I well, read I
2: it. Think, I think you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, I was kind of thinking along those same lines that one of the things that you see is that on the plantation, the way that enslaved people are forced to make these decisions or to behave towards each other in ways that, that seems, you know, painful or, you know, uh, violent or whatever, mm-hmm. but really is about protecting them, their, their loved ones, right? And so the way that, um maybelle treats um rue is really about protecting her and the things that she does we talked about how the master rapes her but she basically makes a deal with him i mean it's not a deal but you know right. what i'm saying like yeah he sees, this is the way to protect my daughter yep. right. and the, the thing in that scene where he first comes to her and has her like basically you know examine him and then mm-hmm. she is that when it's over, she looks and she sees that Rue is still asleep on her pad and she thinks she's safe and that's yep. why, mm-hmm. why I did this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think it then the, the, the plantation forces these relationships of um, survival mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily what one would choose for oneself. <laughs> right? Because there is no choice if you're an enslaved person, right? right? It's step forward to do what you can to mm-hmm. protect the people that you love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. you can't even do that because we see Mado right. couldn't protect her kids because they were just sold away from her. She doesn't even know. And right. I was thinking about that, like her, her, her sons are sold away as children. They won't even remember her. There's no way they can even find each other after emancipation. Right. It's just over.
0: Right, right. 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 Um, mm. but I think it's like also like right part of like why Maybell teaches rue like her conjuring ways was to keep her mm-hmm. from being sold away right with yes. sort of like make yes. sure that she stayed with her. so I think that's also right. like thinking about that
1: yeah make sure she stayed with her and make sure she had kind of a responsibility or skill yeah. that was needed yeah. right mm-hmm. in the community you know
2: yeah um, but it's but isn't it it's both good and bad right, right. so yes. it's like what right. you have to give. But it also is part of the thing that keeps her tied to this place. Exactly, that's true, right? And so, and and that she would say in the passage that you just read, "I just didn't want her to leave, even though she knows that uh, Verena is basically the source of anything Mm -hmm. bad that's going to happen on the plantation. She still
3: Mm -hmm. doesn't
2: want her to leave because someplace in her heart." They are friends or sisters and she wants that to be the case. Right. Because that's the way it would be if you took slavery and racism and all this stuff away from the equation, two young girls the same age are gonna be friends,
0: right? Right. Yeah. Um, but Todd, I was also thinking about like people are made to are made to make these like hard choices like during enslavement, but even after, right? Because I was thinking about Rue's decision to like poison Bean as a way to like in her head at least to like save him. And I guess she kind of does. Um, and it was like, unclear to me whether, like his death was like, part of what she had thought We're would
3: happen care.
0: or like or or you know i, was thinking I don't about think things. she was expected no, no, okay. like, I I think yeah, like, you no. know like how it, was it in Romeo and juliet where he was supposed to take a poison that like would make him seem dead um mm-hmm. and then like you know and he was supposed to like actually like wake up yes or whatever. i can't remember which one of them um but i was like but i don't think so right like she didn't mean for him to no like, i die. i think she
2: thinks he's dead i mean there's one i think there's a scene where she's cleaning his yeah. body because he's mm-hmm. sort of in charge of cleaning the dead bodies or whatever right and so she it has him in the tub and things like that but i think she says you know bean as if maybe he had moved or something like that, but that. It turned out he didn't right? right so i mean that whole scene she seems like he thinks mm-hmm. he's dead mm-hmm. and that she is regretful of what she's yeah, done exactly. and by the way like her name means regret oh, oh my gosh um, yes <laughs> but, but I, I looked this up too, but it also rue is like this um bush with that mm. whose leaves are healing you know so her nice. name has those two okay wow. and
0: both of those kind of make um, sense for her yeah,
2: so
1: yeah I was gonna say I was just gonna uh, change our conversation a little bit since we're talking about being you know i i, I I want to also talk about the other male character that's also one of the the central characters in this book, bra Abel.
0: That was totally where um, I was going to go to. Oh,
1: OK. <laughs> OK. OK. So, so I just wanted to kind of get you all sense of uh, bra Abel and, you know, his representation of, of uh, Christianity, especially as it connects to. Uh, ruse, spiritualism mm-hmm. and conjuring and so how you saw those mm-hmm. at odds but then they come together <sighs> but so yeah, what, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I have to say i was a little you didn't surprised like that. I, that? <laughs> I was like i was okay that one i was not expecting <laughs> I was, yeah i was like yeah. huh I, I don't know it was like really dis- i mean some of it was like pretty disturbing right just kind of thinking about um just the like the baptism and kind of like I mean her baptism was kind of like forced right so she was like Mm -hmm. being forced to do that so she wouldn't get kicked out because people were like becoming suspicious of her and sort of all these things Mm -hmm. Uh, which Mm -hmm. I think is actually also maybe parallel to like how Christianity spread in like a lot of places and kind of thinking about right sort of all that so that was kind of interesting to me but he was also interesting and Bean too right because like he could potentially pass for white, right. and it seemed like Bean almost did, right? So maybe, um, well, he does at the end. He does at the end. That's true because like Verena sort of claims that He's
2: Bean's dad too, right?
0: Exactly. He, that that and that's the transit.
1: I mean, that's the ah. connection I was making. That bruh Abel is Bean's dad. Yes, yes, and and yes. and, and,
3: and yeah. Sorry, yes. y'all.
1: <laughs>
0: what? That actually was a pretty big <laughs> one, right? That was huge.
2: <laughs> we told you at the beginning.
0: And also, poor Jonah. Oh my gosh, poor Jonah. Oh,
2: oh. oh. yeah. That kind of came out of nowhere to be able to do Yes. Like, Wait. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So, like,
0: none of the kids then were his. Right? None of them. Mm-mm. Um, Mm-mm. They weren't all. And he knew. Bro Ables, and, he knew. Right? and he knew. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? he had to. Well. Yeah. 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 I don't think they were all Bruh Abel's, but I, okay. they were so none of Jonah's. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And he he clearly knew that. So, anyway. But yes, right. Bruh Abel. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Let's talk about him. Mm-hmm. So, he's like well, a I mean, preacher. Is that kind of his, like, like yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. 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 And you know, it's interesting,
1: like the role of mothers in this, um, in this novel, um, because he is. It, there's some disconnect between him and his mother. And I believe it's a rejection of him by his mother, mm-hmm. um, which, Queenie. you know, yes, Queenie, yeah. right? Which, which shapes him, you know, hi, who he becomes. But as I was thinking about him and his connection to Rue, I like, I saw them in the novel as kind of the two. Big ideas about spirituality, right? And there are only a couple of possibilities, right? They're going to be in conflict. Mm. One is going to end up, you know, ruling, and the other subservient, or they're going to come together in some way and be able to coexist. Mm. Um, and so, in some ways, Rue and Abel's relationship, to me, is also an example of the way in which kind of a, the, the prevailing Christianity may be the one that's the most flashy, but you still mm. need this kind of, these other forms of spirituality that actually are what's keeping the community mm. uh, alive and spiritually free, mm. you know, in some senses.
2: I agree with you 100%, yes. I agree with you 100%. Like at first I I was with you, Anita, where I was like, wait, mm. she's she's with him now? <laughs> because I, you know, the the novel, I think, initially positions them as, um, adversaries, right? Like they're fighting against each other and she Mm -hmm. sees like her survival in his defeat. Right. Um, but I think if we really sort of think about the relationship between, let's say, you know, like Christianity, the way that he is presenting it and, um, conjure or hoodoo the Mm -hmm. way that she is presenting it, they're really connected to each other. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Conjure and hoodoo are, those are syncretic belief systems, right? They include Christianity Mm. and all these other, you know, sort of um, Mm -hmm. forms of belief Mm -hmm. that that are a part of it. It's like the gumbo of belief, really, right? Right. Yeah. (laughs) And mm-hmm. um, yes. and so Christianity, like people like to believe, you know, it's like that thing, like um, my belief is religion and yours is superstition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, people like to believe mm-hmm. that, and, and believe, forgive me for I don't mean to offend anyone, but all forms of belief are based upon, you know, you got to believe without proof, right? Um, right. Mm-hmm. And there's 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 really magic involved. Yes, in all of it. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. They, just because you call it a miracle. Doesn't mean it's not magic or it's better mm. than my magic, right? So, right. Um, and this book is, it has several sort of moments when you could, uh, something happens that is unexplainable that could be attributed as a miracle mm-hmm. or as magic, right? Mm-hmm. When being mm-hmm. comes back to life, how'd right. that happen? Right. Did Jesus make that happen or did, you know, Rue make that happen? Right. How did it happen? Well, I think that's one of the really parts of the novel that I like is that they, those things don't get explained.
3: Mm. And, mm-hmm. um,
2: you have to, you can sort of think about and grapple with as much as the people in the novel, the characters in the novel are grappling with it as well, including Rue. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. Rue has an explanation for yeah. why such a thing has happened. And so I, I think about her, I think she's fascinating as a kind of um, representation of the conjure woman, especially you know in comparison to her mother, who seems to be much more certain in her practice right, in yes. the work that she's doing. Yes. Where Rue sort of like, this is what she told him to do, and I think if you do this, you'll get this result. But maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know? Right, right,
3: right, right, yeah, right.
2: yeah, yeah, and and, and so um, you know she's not nearly right. as as certain about it as as uh, as her mother is. So I think mm-hmm, you know you that know. Sort of brings into the Equation. It's it sort of puts Christianity or organized religion and hoodoo or conjure on a similar mm-hmm. level. And like yes. like Krista was saying, they're equally important
3: mm-hmm. in those
2: communities, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People people like talk about conjure as if it doesn't exist today. For example, it does. Yes, people still practice conjure and hoodoo.
3: Mm. Yes. Like yes. a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know,
2: and people practice conjure and hoodoo and are Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. Right? Mm-hmm. There you go. So, you it, go. it really does make sense that in the mm. end they would come together and when they when they do, I mean, if they leave each other it's
0: amicable, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I was going
1: to no, you go ahead. It's probably- No, probably just two
0: good. things. I guess I was one as yes. I was going to yes. say. I okay. think go part ahead. of like my surprise was maybe that she was into men generally. Like, I think I read Rue as like oh. Oh, okay. initially. Oh, okay. Just because exactly. like, there was like oh. this talk about like how she hadn't been with anybody. So I think it was like partly that, but I think your comments, both of your comments make me think like that. I think now it also makes sense to me where, you know, there's that point where she like wants uh, Abel back because like, if she's like, if this is what's going to make my community feel better. Like I'm right. fine with that. Like I'm fine with like people believing in something else if that's gonna make them like make their lives better. So I'm like, okay, like that then makes sense to me too. So anyway, Crystal. Yeah.
2: yeah. She yeah. has that power and there's a moment where she can basically destroy him, right? Where she comes upon Exactly when she drunk finds him drunk. drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I mean yes, yes, she could yes, end it right yes, there yes, and yeah. Yeah. say, Look, here's your here's your preacher
0: man, and she right. does it. Right. 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 It. So that makes sense yeah. to me more now. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: I um Throughout the novel, I had thought Rue and Jonah were going to have a, a
0: um there, a was some, there was definitely something there. Something there, there right?
1: yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. But the, the where I was going to go, Anita, before your comments were the fact that Abel, he knew what was going on with being the whole time but he right. let Ruby ostracized right. because uh, for true. for being and and, and and he let he let the community um kind of attack her and true. and, and she be responsible for you know everything that was going on with being when he knew that that was his son and um you know the, the characteristics that he had were in his family right yeah. um and so to me I don't think we got full of a, Uh, enough of a conversation, discussion, explanation because that's revealed and it's toward the end. And at this point, um, they're way, Rue and Abel are way deep in their relationship and we're just supposed to accept that this is this is his behavior, but I just that just never sat right yeah. with me in terms of that.
0: I guess the only thing I could think was that he was trying to protect Jonah and Sarah, right? Um, oh,
3: okay. But then the other mm. thing, though, then I was like,
0: wait, but if like Jonah's thing happened on this plantation, everybody knew. No, exactly. Um, so now everybody I'm like a little puzzled by that now because I was like, okay, so given how gruesome and like very specific Jonah's like li- you know like yes. injuries were. I was like, mm-hmm. wouldn't people have known that it wasn't his kids? I don't know. Right. Don't well,
2: maybe know. they didn't know. The, I mean, the, the 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 details of the injury okay. because he's yeah. not really. Uh, it's when uh, Miss Maybell sets him on fire, essentially, that yeah. makes him a eunuch, right? Like, right. so he's yeah. he's been attacked by. It, let me get this right, right? Like they put wild hogs, they, right? They, yeah, so they put like ba- They put grease, grease on him. On yeah. So wild hogs would attack him, yeah. And then he so has so many wounds that she thinks the best way to to ca- like it, cotterize. to, to cauterize the wounds by setting him on fire. And so that's what him a unique. So, that's true. So maybe is-
0: maybe they didn't know. So that's a possibility.
2: But can I ask you guys? Like I didn't I didn't understand. Who did that to him or why that happened? Did the master do that to him? I didn't quite understand
0: I that. I think part. so. I don't remember.
1: if That's it was what like, I understood. Yeah. It, that, that's what I understood. It was a power play. Yeah. Um, and, and after this happened, Jonah then becomes in master's absence, kind of the. Um, in charge. She's like. A total it. It. In charge. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So yes. I don't think he, there was like no specific reason. I don't think like, I don't think Jonah like, was like accused of doing something, or like, yeah, I was looking right, for right? To yeah, get, no, it's no, no,
2: run away or something like that. I don't yeah. think
0: so. No. I think it literally was okay. him, like, being, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, a just cruel and horrified, like, right, yeah. right, and just inhumane, but also, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. um, because I think, I mean, so like, you know, Rue's father, right, going back to like Verena for a second, right, I mean, he was lynched, right. but that's because Verena accused him of being the one who exactly. raped her. But I think with right. Jonah, I didn't get a sense that he like there was like nothing specific mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. supposedly did. And so In fact, I mean,
1: um, we we learned that in terms of he was a. Uh, I mean, this is going to be the wrong description, but like the stand-up enslaved person. Like he was, he he hadn't done anything. He was the one who followed the rules, mm-hmm. who was obedient, which is one reason why the master saw him as someone who he could, you know, he could uh, mutilate.
0: Do that. Mutilate mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So. Yeah. No, that was that was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Whew. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, that was. Take a no that's i that mean time.
2: it is one of those moments that's wow. the moment in the novel for well there's two i mean mm-hmm. when Verena gets raped i mean that's pretty mm-hmm. hard and then uh actually there's more than the two oh, yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of moments. Those, are, yeah. those are two that i remember that really it's sort of like Set me back where I was like, what? Yeah.
0: But I think with Jonah, that's like the original horror, then like so many things happen from that, right? Right. Yes. Right. Like, so that happens. And therefore, like. Well,
2: and you find out about that after you've already gotten to know him. Right. Right. I I think that's, you know, she does this in the novel time and time again, where you find out, oh, this is why. Exactly. this person behaving in this way right. Right. to this point even though this happened before that right because mm-hmm. she's right. going back and forth and moving like this right when you find out midway through the novel and you're like what the right. you know so mm-hmm. it, has, it does have like this real dramatic impact on you as a
0: reader mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i feel like it would have been wow. like dramatic and horrible no matter what but then like you understand yeah. like so much more about like what's happened since mm-hmm. then i think but i think when generally i think todd you were like it's kind of interesting to think about this novel as like Everybody has these motivations, right? And generally, like, a lot of the times it's actually like good motivations, right? Like, Rue's decision to like poison Bean was like her attempt to like try and save him, even though, like, you know, she thinks of it and I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like, Rue, no. no. Please, like, no.
3: Like, Don't do it. This Don't
0: is, do it, Rue. is not going to work out. And, like, oddly enough, it doesn't right. actually work out in this, like really no, right. bizarre kind of it way. Almost of it almost didn't, though. It almost didn't. That's true. That's, That's true. Just, so I was just thinking, who it, was you know. Dead. What? <laughs> But it did. He was dead. (laughs) He was. I mean, possible. It only worked
2: out because of an unexplained miracle.
0: Right! Magic. Magic. Well, which I think is, like, interesting. Even the Aries like comeback Mm. was, like, very horrible. But, like, initially, right, like, she potentially, like, turned into a starling and left, right, and kind of started thinking about, like, the potential of magic or miracles or however we want to think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. basically, like, sometimes that's what it takes to, like, be free, right? That actually, like, in the, like, realm of, like, human reality and possibility, like, freedom maybe isn't even possible. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. No, I
2: think think the book book plays with that uh, in a way that's really interesting to me, which is you Know to think about the power of belief and how people yes. experience it, yeah. and yeah. you know, like I mm. I used to always think of you know the story of the um Africans who could fly, right? And yes, um, that the, the you know the the slave master used salt to keep them from flying home, but mm-hmm. the thought that you could you could fly, and, and you know, in like um, a uh, song of Solomon, right? At the end of Song of Solomon, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Morrison's novel that flies home, but, mm-hmm. um. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought, like, th- how powerful it would be if that really happened. But then I realized, like, how powerful it is that people believe. Believed. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the belief that's more powerful than the reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, Conjure and Christianity, which we have talked about before, as both systems of belief, the power is in the <laughs> fact that people believe mm-hmm. right. um, what they're practicing. Right. And they believe that this will happen if I do this or, you know, if I carry this fetish. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's that power of belief yeah. that makes all that happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because, like, guess- you know, ahead.
1: I was just going to say, and one of the things that perhaps made uh, Rue's mom, Maybell, more confident is that she had just lived long enough to understand human nature to know that, mm-hmm. okay, this is the connection. I'm going to use this particular herb because I know it has these properties, but also I know human nature. Mm-hmm. And so th- these are the possibilities that can happen in human nature. And this herb, you know, like, and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- th- there's also this knowledge of, of um, this knowledge, right? That, that added to your belief, you can kind of predict. <laughs> what is going
0: to happen or just that like belief makes people like act in particular ways right like if you believe that something is true you will act in this i was just thinking that in some ways Mm -hmm. right like you have to believe in the possibility of freedom to work towards freedom because if you don't even have Mm. that belief you're not even going to work towards it right so it doesn't mean that you're going to always get it but i feel like if you don't have that belief you won't even try right like people won't even like try so oh maybe we can finish up and i think this is like tied to kind of think about this but just like the many, maybe just the many different meanings of just the novel's name Um, Um, and just kind of thinking mm. about why it was called Conjure Women. And again, like, I think, like, how I imagined what it would be was very different from what it was, which was fine, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And I think it was just, like, trying to think about, like, just, like, thinking about magic and women and miracles and women mm-hmm. and just, like, all the different meanings mm-hmm. of that in this book, right? I mean, like, there's literally, mm-hmm. like, the herbs and the magic and the, like, but I think it's, like, mm-hmm. more than that, right? Because I was thinking about even Rue abil- and Mado's ability to, like, keep that community together for a few years. Like, that was magic, right? Like, I mean, yes, mm-hmm. it was, like, mm-hmm. them writing those mm-hmm. letters and it was all of that, but it was also oh, some, yeah. like, level of like magic as well and it's actually then Mm -hmm. thinking back to the um to a point about like Bean getting the doll and like how it was kind of like a foretelling or sort of a foreshadowing of like the disconnection but it's also like a foretelling of the community in some ways ending right sort of in Mm. this like protective spell Mm -hmm. in some ways and so i was kind of thinking Mm -hmm. about that Mm -hmm. as well right
2: he says can i just point this is not an answer to your question that's okay but i just (laughs) want to point out that when he when she sees him with the doll Mm -hmm. and um she says what happened to the other part he says i did some surgery i think or, i think he said that's like,
3: exactly mm. what he said I I did yes. yes. and then that he's last
2: actually, he's a surgeon right <laughs> like that's him in the in the yeah. last the scene so mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that's yeah, a foreshadowing mm-hmm. for a couple yeah.
1: of things yeah. So. yeah wow yeah no i mean in terms of the title anita i thought all of those things you just mentioned um but um what I was really keyed on in when I was thinking about beginning the book was the role kind of medicine and healing would play, and so that was the initial yeah. kind of um, understanding I was I went into the book with. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, there was so much more than I mean. I think Ruse and Maybell's ability to heal is still at the center, but there's so much more connected to that yeah. that I think the title also points us to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And thanks, Todd, for looking up Rune. I feel like that actually makes a lot of sense to me, kind of both the like regret and the like healing. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Mm -hmm. that's like really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, Cool. I think we're like pretty coming to the end. Um, So we're going to do our usual, just go around and say, you know, I don't know what you're reading, watching, listening to, eating, whatever's bringing you joy these days. Um, Crystal, do you want to start us off? Well, you know, at first, okay,
1: okay. Now I got two things because um, at first I was going to be serious and talk about, you know, the serious book I'm reading that's called The Three Mothers, Hmm. How the Mothers of Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X., and James Baldwin Shaped the Nation. And it's really, yeah, it's really kind of... to get us thinking about the, the women who, their role in these men's lives, right? To kind of think about kind of gender and, mm. and, and and the influence of their mothers. But when you said what's bringing me joy, like that brings me joy, cause that's kind of my area of research. Yeah. But when you say it was bringing me joy, I also thought about the fact that I have been watching a lot of trashy TV lately. <laughs> and I have been watching two shows. So two shows I have been watching and then also listening to the now unpopular Clubhouse. So um, the two shows I've been watching has been Married at First Sight. And they also Ready to Love. The reason why I keep watching these shows <laughs> is because... <laughs> They dramatic. They real dramatic. And I love love some trashy (laughs) dramatics. Um, But then also, because on Clubhouse, there's this club where a group of Black women come together during the week and discuss, like, analyze. Like, trashy why TV. do people act in this way the Trashy <laughs> TV? And I just enjoy listening to it so much. Aww, and so I, love I can't, that. like, yeah, I can't be in the room without knowing what happened on the actual episode. So I watch the episode. But I watch the episode because I like the episode. But I watch the episode so that then I can listen to this conversation and know what's going on. So that's, what, that's what's that's what been giving me joy.
0: I love it. Um, it's the giving me joy crystal. When you're talking about it. <laughs> Yes, I yes. agree. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Crystal. Todd.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, okay, so I have nothing as exciting as all of that. I know. Seriously, <laughs> I feel like we should have you gone
0: lo- gone last, but that's okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to
2: mention something weird that I uh, read. That I so uh, like the last few months, I've been trying to you like find a good novel that just I can't put down,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: I've sort of struck out a couple of times, mainly because I just couldn't get started in them, but this one book i picked up which is called savage holiday now this is a novel uh by richard wright um about um white people it's a murder mystery oh and it is crazy it is so crazy (laughs) it is like it's insane it's so offensive i mean i don't even know It's crazy. I couldn't put it down. Oh my god! Many people would be like, "What the hell?" Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so I I think I recommend it.
1: So, <laughs> when was it? When was it, it published? It? Uh, let's see. I got a
2: copy of it. Uh, okay. Let me grab it real quick, and you hear my my chair roll across the floor. <laughs> um, nineteen. Is it fifty four? Yeah, nineteen
3: fifty four. Wow. Okay. Nineteen fifty four. Yeah.
2: Here's what it says on the front: mm. An act of violence touches off the great lost novel, one of the most notable gifts of U.S. writing.
0: Great what novel? Wow. Was, great
2: lost novel. Lost novel. So, wait, let me read this. Uh, he was 43, wealthy, respected. She was young, sensual, <laughs> notorious. <laughs> savage destiny united them. That's like that's what this is. Wow. Like, um,
0: okay.
2: I think it's crazy. Probably it's a crazy this. book. Okay. It's a crazy book, and it's like pretty short. You can read it, you know, like Mm -hmm. in a night or two nights or something. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember where I read about it. I was like, man, I got to read that, you know, because I love all this pulp stuff. Anyway, I've talked too long about that, but I'll put that out there. Okay. And yes. then my other thing that's making me happy is um, we're watching uh, Station Eleven right now, which I really like. Mm-hmm. And if you're worried that it's going to be too much pandemic-y, it's like not. It's, it's like it's,
0: post-pandemic. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's not it's not
2: really about well, a pandemic. Well, basically, pan- everybody dies a- off
0: very quickly, unlike... What's That's right. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, so there's
2: there's one ep like the yeah. first episode is like pandemicy, but yeah. after that like everyone's dead, so it's all it's all good. <laughs> it's about the
0: survivors. It's about the survivors. yeah. It's about the survivors. Oh, okay. So, yes. uh,
2: and they go around. They're in a troop, and they go around, and they they do Shakespeare. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Oh. Around the Great Lakes, you know. Okay. And it's it's very it's 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 quite cool. different from the novel. So oh, okay. it's based on the novel. Okay, um, but and it's quite different from that. But there's enough, you know, similarity that if you read the novel, you'll like it, and okay. uh, and it's good. It's good, good acting, good show.
0: Yeah, I actually enjoyed it too, so I would also recommend that. Um, but my recommendation, or sort of the thing that I really enjoyed reading last month, was uh, Louis Eld Erd- sorry Erdrich's new book, The Sentence. And it's, like, actually set in Minneapolis between November 2019 and November 2020. So I will say I recommend it, but also I basically cried through most of it because it's talking about George Floyd's murder and the uprisings, but from, like, an Indigenous perspective in a way. So it was, like, really good, but also just, like... It's like really compelling, but yes, I guess I would recommend it, but also make sure that you're like in an emotional state to be able to like relive those days. And so, um, but I thought it was like really beautifully written and it was really good. So that's my recommendation and also Station Mm. Eleven. And I haven't watched any of the trashy shows that Crystal recommended, but now I might.
1: (laughs) They're very heteronormative. So I'll just say that. I'll just... Good to know.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. So our next book that we're going to be gabbing about or our next ep- episode is The Other Black Girl by Zakia Delilah Harris. Um, and I'm the only one who's read it so far and I'm the one who's recommended this time. But I'm actually like super excited to talk about it with Todd and Crystal because I'm not entirely sure what to make of it. And I'll just leave it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we hope that you join us having read that book as well. And just as a reminder, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher all the places where you find podcasts. I know there's like issues with Spotify and we could maybe get into that another time. Uh, please get vaccinated and boosted and keep wearing those masks and washing those hands and staying safe, please. Thank you for listening and we're sending out big virtual hugs to you all. Bye, y'all. Hugs.
2: Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been another brand new episode of The Drip recorded remotely from the very frigid St. Paul and Minneapolis in Minnesota and Washington, D.C. The show is written, produced, and directed by Anita Chiquitour, Crystal Moten, and me, Todd Lawrence. We are the All Spoilers Collective. Special thanks to Lord Jordan X of Kansas City, Missouri for our music. It's been a long time since we recorded the show, and we just wanted you all to know that we missed you. We'll be back next month the new episode in which we will discuss The Other Black Girl by Zakiya Dalila Harris. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other. Peace.